Hello and welcome to the Hearts of Fire podcast, a show where we will discuss topics such as faith, advocacy, ministry, community, and reflection in 30 minutes or less. My name is Katie Mann and I am your host. First off, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show. Whether you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on a podcast, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, and we are grateful for your support. For today's episode, we are discussing all things Holy Week with our guest, Sister Dorothy Maxwell. For those of you who may not know Sister Dorothy, she is the preaching promoter for the Sisters of St. Dominic of Belt, New York, as well as the chaplain at the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. Welcome, Sister Dorothy, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Katie, and welcome everyone, and thank you for your uh, constant support for us, and I hope that this uh, next few minutes will be kind of an enlightenment of some aspect of Holy Week for you. I presume most of you are very familiar with it, but let's bring out some of the highlights, okay? Sounds good, Sister Dorothy. And like I mentioned before, today's discussion is all about Holy Week. So to start things off, take us through Holy Week day by day and share with our listeners what Jesus went through during each day of Holy Week. Okay, Katie, so for an interview and um, just the overall picture of Holy Week, I look at it as this is the time where Jesus lost his humanity and returned to his divinity. So it starts with Palm Sunday, as we know, and Jesus said he was going to go to Jerusalem and suffer. So this is Palm Sunday celebration, and it starts with a joyful liturgy, but ends up solemnly as we have just heard the passion of what he endures. So Monday and Tuesday, we can just picture Jesus in Jerusalem suffering, knowing he has to go through something horrible, and he is there ready for the grace of God and to endure what he's going to have to endure in the next week. Wednesday is Spy Wednesday when we know that Judas, his betrayer, makes the arrangement for the arrest and the conclusion of the the Holy Week, which we call the Triduum. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are the Triduum. And that Passover meal is what happened on Thursday. Jesus, the good Jew that he was, wanted to celebrate the Passover meal with his apostles. So he made arrangements for a room and they had their Passover meal. And it wasn't a normal Passover because the main event of that Holy Thursday liturgy is when Jesus took bread from the Passover bread and rose, raised the bread and said, do this in remembrance of me. And this is the institution of the Holy Eucharist. So this is a very significant and a very important day in Holy Week and in our culture as Catholics in our beliefs. After that, we see that Judas has to leave the meal because he has betrayed Jesus. Jesus knows it's over. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and his agony is severe. He's arrested, and then on Good Friday, the trial, the carrying of the cross, the crucifixion, the burial, Good Friday, the most horrible day in humanity for us, where we see God himself has to suffer as he did. 
On Saturday, Jesus is in the tomb. We are grieving. And it's just a roller coaster week of a happy, joyful entrance into Jerusalem on Sunday, the crucifixion, and then it's all over on Saturday. So we're kind of just in between that time where extreme grief, and we know, as we have experienced in many a year, tomorrow's going to be Easter Sunday, and it's going to be a day of joy. So it's a very complicated day for us. So what I'd like to do is take you liturgically through the special masses and services that accompany Jesus from Palm Sunday through Easter Sunday. So on Palm Sunday, the palms are blessed and the worshipers enter the church joyfully listening to, we used to be able to sing and hopefully we will again, but we're listening to Hosanna in the highest, praising Jesus. So we kind of reenact that procession of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And we know that Jesus was a very controversial figure. The people who followed him wanted him forever. They wanted him as their leader. But Jesus knew that's not why he came. My kingdom is not of this world. So Jesus then orders his disciples, go get a donkey, a lowly animal. So they go and get a donkey. They bring it to him. And if you recall, Jesus' first ride in life was on the donkey in his mother's womb. His last ride in life is on a donkey. This is a significant moment where we see that he doesn't want to be king. He's bringing a donkey in to show the people, this is really who I am. I am not a human leader. I'm not going to be your leader. But they, they then still insist he is a great person. The followers worshipped him, adored him. So Jesus on the donkey allowed them to do the hosannas, to do the praise, to put the palms in their robes and on the ground so that he can be elevated and have a great exalted ride into Jerusalem. So it's a day where we see another contrast of Jesus trying to play the role of his humanity, accepting what the people wanted to do, and then he knew this was not what his, his agenda was. The people want him leader. He wants to be the obedient son of God. So mass is celebrated. And then the part of the mass that we remember most, I think, is the passion of Jesus. And that's what happened to Jesus during Holy Week. We go from the arrest, the garden, and the passion is read for Versions of that are in the Gospels, and we change those versions each year so that we have a different version. So we have all of the versions from the Gospel read to us, not the same one year after year. So it's the unfolding of what's going to happen on Good Friday. And in days of yore, we remember we stood for that, and it's a long reading. Now, in most places, you're allowed to sit so that you can read be with Jesus and be more comfortable and listen carefully to what happened to him. So it's the complete story of his passion and his death. So after we've read that and we've heard that, we go home 
and we leave church, no singing, we leave quietly. And in the Catholic culture, many Catholics go and they go to the cemetery with their palm and they put palm wreaths on the graves of their loved ones. Some people choose to just go home, put their palm behind their crucifix where they worship and they have a sign in their home that this is Jesus crucified. So in days of yore also, many homes had a crucifix to show that they were Catholic. Now you will not find the crucifix in every Catholic home, but in essence, this is the core this is the bottom line of our Christian faith. Jesus died for us. And this is the day where we're looking at the passion of Jesus. And we're looking at the following days of not being joyful, happy people. We are going to unite our spirit with the spirit of Jesus so that we can be more prepared for that joyful Easter Sunday. So the cross and death are the focal points of the week. And during the masses, the following three days are sorrowful readings, readings from the Old Testament, readings about Jesus. And it's not a happy liturgy, as you would expect. Then the big liturgy on Holy Thursday is celebrated in the evening. And that liturgy is really a reenactment of the Passover meal, which the Jews celebrate every year. And you know that Jesus was a good Jew and Passover and Easter always coincide because that's how the calendar works. We are from the Jewish faith. So Jesus then has his meal. And when we see what happened here, it's different from the Passover. Jesus realizes that in his humanity, he has to be the obedient son of God. And he has to be a human being. And he was a great human teacher. So one of the great teachings during this Passover meal was he took a towel and he went around with a bowl and he washed the feet of his disciples. So his servant humanity was bowing down, allowing himself to be the servant to wash the feet of the disciples. And that was to signify you. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be servants. In the priesthood, it's a servant priesthood. This is where the institution of the sacrament of holy orders comes about, where Jesus takes the bread and wine, turns it into his body and blood, he takes a bowl and washes the feet of the disciples. So this is the high point of Holy Week before Easter Sunday, because we see that this is the foundation of our faith. Jesus was our servant. He was willing to be obedient to death. And he just went about carrying on his mother and father's traditions, his Jewish traditions, and brought to light the fact that no matter who we are, we are to be servants just like he. So when you have Holy Thursday Mass, you have a conclusion of a procession around the church. In the tabernacle, in each Catholic church is a large host, which is in a gold, very ornate 
um, piece. And we have that monstrance with the body of Christ in it. And the priest puts on this colorful coat and he and the procession go around the church as we sing Panje Lingua. We sing a hymn of praise to Jesus. So it's a very special hymn. Sometimes in places, the people who have received Holy Communion, the girls get dressed up in their white dresses, the boys get dressed up. And it's a very pompous, it's a very beautiful procession, including people who have been significantly following Jesus this during this, their lifetime. So this is how the Mass concludes. And the priest puts that mantra in a beautiful setting of flowers and colored fabric so that it is highlighted. And in that highlighting, people kneel, pay it reverence, and leave. When we have various churches, there is a time when it could be an hour, it could be more than an hour, where people are allowed just to sit in silence in front of that monstrance and adore the body of Christ. So it's something that people traditionally enjoy doing because sometimes after they go home, there may be other churches in the neighborhood and it's an old tradition to walk from church to church to see how they have done the mantras and see that Jesus is still there in a glorified setting. And they enjoy that and they adore that. And oftentimes now we see that, that because of neighborhood churches being closed and because of our people not attending Holy Thursday maybe as they used to, this was a good tradition. And I had a very enjoyable experience when I was living in Utica. The uh, church there had a wonderful music ministry. And so after the Holy Thursday Mass, people came to the church or stayed in the church. And we had a wonderful music concert for over an hour, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Just praise music for Jesus. So that sounds lovely. In, in, no matter where you are, somehow... This is what happens and the custom of the parish will vary from place to place. So we go home after the church uh, has been stripped of everything and we just continue our Lenten journey. So on Good Friday, nothing is happening. Maybe at noon, maybe at three o'clock, maybe in the evening, there'll be stations of the cross. So. When you go into church for whatever service is being offered, the blessed sacrament is not there. You don't go into church and kneel because there's nothing to kneel to. Everything is stripped, it's bare bones. And the liturgy then, when they have it, con continues with the uh, prophecy of Isaiah that Jesus is the suffering servant. And for the second time in the week, the passion is read to us. So this is not a mass, but the passion is followed by solemn intercessions for various people. Then a cross is brought to the center aisle and worshipers venerate it how they choose. Some of them kiss the cross, just genuflect. Probably the kissing of the cross will not happen, but in some way we're going to venerate a cross on Holy Friday, on Good Friday. 
So the conclusion of the Good Friday service is Holy Communion. We are allowed to receive Holy Communion on the day that Jesus died. So the priest brings the Holy Communion that was consecrated during Holy Thursday, and people are allowed to receive the body of Christ. And now it's wonderful to see that this is now a public occasion. The Stations of the Cross on Good Friday in many cities is carried out on the streets. And we have people who, mostly uh, Pax Christi is one organization that has done this for years and other parishes do their own version of Pax Christi. Sure. Where a cross bearer or cross bearers take a cross, start at one station and go to 14 stations and stop and pray. And each of the 14 stations is for prayers and education and remembrance of those who suffer. For instance, those who suffer from human trafficking, those who are now suffering from gun violence, as we certainly have seen in the past week, where two huge mass murders have, come, have happened in this country. Pray that this will end. Pray that there'll be legislation to end gun violence. Pray for those who are living in poverty. What is causing poverty? And little talks that people give about the sources of poverty, the effects of poverty, what's happening. Migration, why so many millions of people can't continue to live in their country. A little talk about that at the station. Imprisonment, how many people are imprisoned in this country and in this world? The effects of imprisonment and how that has to be changed because it's so inhuman. So it's just wonderful to see that the public sees people on the street reenacting the crucifixion. It's just wonderful and very uplifting that this is what we need, I think, for people to see out there in public what is going on. And it's a wonderful way to, to honor our God who died for us on this day. So with that comes Holy Saturday. And if I recall Holy Saturday, you would see the Polish ladies taking their babka and their ham and their food for Easter day <laughs> over to the priest and they would have it blessed. So it's a day of preparation for Easter. Nothing is happening except possibly, I don't know if in some places they still do it, you get a good cleaning of the church. So Holy Saturday is a, a nothing day, um, except you continue your spirit of Jesus has died. And then you kind of go, well, yeah, he died. But then the next minute, we're going to have a big day. We got a big company coming tomorrow, a big Easter meal. And we're preparing for, for Easter Sunday. So it's a kind of another roller coaster day where it's severe grief, severe happiness is anticipated. So if you are going to the liturgy for the Easter vigil, that will happen around seven, eight o'clock, whichever is determined. And it begins, if it's dark by seven, it begins with a beautiful Easter fire, which is a wonderful way of starting the liturgy, lighting a fire outside the church. And then a candle is 
dipped into the fire and we have the Paschal candle lit, which is the candle that we have in the sanctuary throughout the year, brought out for funerals, lighted at funerals and, and lighted at special occasions. From that Paschal candle, we have little candles if we're worshiping there and we get our light from that Paschal candle and we renew our baptismal vows, which is the core of our Catholic faith. Baptism, we get the grace to live as Jesus taught us to live. So each Easter, we renew our baptismal vows, which is a wonderful time for us to realize we've gone through Lent for 40 days. We gotta take this seriously because sometime in life, most of us were children, babies. We were committed to live this life. So we renew our baptismal promises. And we have in the Easter Vigil, a time where those who have been preparing to enter the church as adults are baptized and confirmed. So this is the time where we celebrate new members into the church. This is a longer liturgy. And I think for that reason, maybe a lot of people don't come to it but it has special readings. There are 10 readings offered in the liturgy, but usually there's three because we don't wanna keep people long. This is not our tradition of long liturgy. So we have special readings. And um, if we don't prefer to go to the Easter Vigil, then we have the Easter Sunday Mass. And those Masses also include the time where we do renew our baptismal vows. So Easter Sunday, the tomb is empty. He said he could rebuild the temple in three days. Now the followers understand what he said. And there's great joy as he rose from the dead. And for those who believe, we will be with Jesus in paradise. So in a sense, we must increase the divinity in us. And then we have to decrease our humanity in order for us to be with God for eternity. That's the message we can take from Holy Week and the message we can take from our baptism, from our real commitment to follow Jesus. We've got to be more like him. And we see what drastic measures he took to become divine. So the best way to observe Holy Week is to attend daily mass, continue your Lenten observance, try in whatever way you choose to be holier this week. Prayer, abstinence, fasting, acts of kindness, generosity will enhance that week. So Katie, I think we've uh, taken people through Holy Week in the Maxwell version and uh, Hope that uh, I think the Maxwell version is the best version. Um, you know, thank you for that insight. Um, I think our listeners will enjoy learning about really each individual day of Holy Week and the ins and outs of what Jesus went through. And you know, Sister Dorothy, looking at the clock right now. So uh, my final question for you was: We look towards Easter Sunday. What is your hope for the Easter sun, the Easter season? I just hope that we will appreciate life and our health, uh, our loved ones. After the year, we have suffered so many restrictions. Uh, in a sense, we had a forced Lent that still continues. 
Suffering can purify us and make us stronger. Think about what you experienced this year, how you reacted to what was going on, and how would your Savior want you to react to the conflict and the horrible things that have happening this year. The suffering servant wants us to look at Jesus and look at suffering now. We had to make changes. Now, what changes do we choose to make? And I think this Easter season will show us that, you know, I've got to reflect on what I've been through. There are changes that are going to be made because they have to be made for the health of myself and for the health of all and for the continuation. It is springtime and Easter is always in the springtime. What new life can I give to myself? What new life is available for the earth, for each other, and for peace in the world? Because we see that this is the suffering. We know that everybody is not on a par with those who have the common needs and have what they need to live each day. How can we set a table where all are included? How can we get rid of the poor? How can we help each other to live honorably as dignified people, not as lesser people? The more, the lesser, the extreme poor, the extreme rich. How can we close that gap? And how can we close the gap within ourselves? We have hate, we have anger, and we also have extreme joy. How can we live a more balanced life? And that's my prayer for our Easter season, that we will be on that tightrope, balancing ourselves because life isn't gonna last forever. We are going to be hopefully in a joyful position for eternity if we follow what Jesus said, if we obey as Jesus did, and if we kind of hold back our humanity and let loose some of the divinity in us, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Do you know it? Do you realize it? And that's what it's all about. That image of God is within us. Let it out. Amen. Amen to that, Sister Dorothy. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I know our listeners enjoyed hearing from you today, and I hope you'll come on future episodes of the Hearts of Fire podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you again to Sister Dorothy Maxwell for your wisdom and insight about Holy Week. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for today's Hearts of Fire podcast show. Before I go, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, if you wanna share your feedback with us, feel free to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or share our show link on your social media pages. We hope that you, we hope that you will join us for our next episode with Sister Miriam Catherine Nevins, where we will be discussing why do we celebrate the Easter season after Easter is over. Thank you again for joining us, and please know that you are in the daily prayers of the Sisters of St. Dominic of Belleville, New York. God bless you. <laughs>